you can't talk about anything that you are not passionate about, at least not for a length of time. And our passions change, right? Our ideas change. We learn as we go. If your audience grows with you and they learn what you're about and they find you interesting and they love the way you approach your show and they like your voice and they like what you're about, they're a fan of you. That's literally the only reason why we've been able to sustain the show for a long period of time. I think we just turned three. Happy birthday, Fonzie. Hey, happy birthday. Yay, that's awesome. We've got some Hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. And here you're gonna get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content, all this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. That's right. Guys, it's a today high energy Friday. We have a special episode today, Fonzie, where we're going to be talking about. Guys, today we're talking about from zero to podcast to top 1.5% podcasters. So, how do you go all the way from the bottom to the top, you know? Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Throwing elbows. Boom, boom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, if you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and follow it. Hit that bell because every single week we're bringing three episodes in your favorite feed. So also, if you have any comments, send us your comments on social media. Abby's Rosco. I will share three episodes every single week. Well, that is <laughs> what I'm putting out to the universe, but somebody that's responsible, not pointing any fingers... I don't know what happens. Yeah, forgot oh. to schedule it for the correct day. So <laughs> this week we're only two episodes, but usually no, it's no, three. no. Tomorrow, tomorrow this comes out. All right, so it's gonna be three. Yes, let's go. That's let's a go. promise. Three a week. I like it. That's I a like promise it. to you, the listener, Fonzie. Don't po disappoint the listener. Positive pressure. If positive there's a pressure. week with two episodes, you know it was Fonzie. Hey, I'm okay with carrying the team <laughs> on our back, but. What, what, what do we got next? What instructions so, do we got for? So, so, so I, I hope you're ready to unlock podcasting wisdom and learn how to take your podcast from zero to hero. Today's guest is a top 1.5% podcaster, and I have a feeling she's about mm -hmm. to just go way above that. Mm -hmm. She's also a speaker and a best-selling author. Not to mention that she is an awesome mom above everything else. We, we, lo yeah. we love awesome parents and content creators. That's Guys, right. Please welcome the one and only Holly Shadows. What's up, Holly? <laughs> I love the dance moves. Love the dance moves. Hey. hey. Oh my God, my dance moves are, are terrible. <laughs> I, I I tell you, I went to a hip hop class yesterday at a gym, and and you know back in the day, you know we used to go to clubs. There was a little tequila involved and, you know, <laughs> different kind of clothes. And I really thought that, like, I was coordinated and looked pretty cool. <laughs> but under the fluorescent lights at a gym doing a hip-hop class later in life, I've never looked more dorky. <laughs> ah, come on. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. I probably embarrassed you with some of my moves at the start, but hey. I'm just going to say this. If you have proof of the dancing, send us the clip, and we definitely got to include that hey. as a hook for the episode. <laughs> just throwing that out. Yes. Hey, oh vi video or it didn't happen. Just saying. <laughs> just no, saying. No, I, I, I... 
it's best that people do not <laughs> see what I did to those moves. Really, <laughs> I, I would become I would become a meme. For sure. It's funny in uh, in our country in Venezuela, dancing salsa is like this like uh, rite of passage, right? Like you become a man once you start dancing salsa, right? It's like it's so challenging, and Fonsi has always been really really good, but then. I had a really hard time trying to get into salsa. And I remember it was like one one day where I, I was with a group of friends and it was just me and uh, Adriana was her name. And we were the only ones in the table left to go dance. And she goes like, hey, uh, I guess, do you want to go dance some salsa? And I'm like, do you want to go dance some salsa? And we both like <laughs> confessed that we didn't like really knew what we were doing. But anyways, we worked the courage. We went to the dance floor. And uh, that was a day that salsa was unlocked for me. I don't know if it was like the drinks that unlocked the salsa for me, but everybody was watching us. I'm like, either we were so funny dancing or we were doing it so, so good. But after that day, we're like, right of passage complete. I'm going to go with, <laughs> it was probably funny to watch. I'm going to go with that one. Uh, there you go. Awesome, there you awesome. Go. Well, thank you again for, for having us here. Obviously, you we, we were on your show uh, a few weeks ago, and it was so uh, such a cool conversation that we had. And, you know, you've been producing content for quite a while. Mm. You've uh, you've grown your podcast very impressively. You've rebranded your podcast, which is super interesting to me, right? And uh, you have these amazing topics, and you've been able to build this incredible relationships online and offline. So I really want to start on uh, what was your initial thought on starting the podcast, right? A lot of people that come to our community was it's, they're struggling to find their, their voice. They're trying to figure out like, where do we actually publish? Like what's, what's, what's going to be good for me and what's going to be good for my company in the sense of like ROI, right? So we're big fans of the relationships. We're big fans of, you know, that path that we get on with the people that we connect with. Uh, but a lot of people are trying to still figure that out. So I'm very curious, like, when did you decide on podcasting and why that medium? So I was building uh, content uh, with a company. It was a, a, a startup, a SaaS company. And mm. um, I was busy uh, looking over the user experience with the content we were building, as well as the actual words that went on every single page and, mm. and in the descriptions. And we hit a point where the guy I was working with was now going to be putting all of that in motion on there, you know, building it. And that's when we said, okay, we need a way to drive people to the website. And so we landed on, let's do a podcast because mm -hmm. it's a great poll marketing tool, as you know. Mm -hmm. So um, he was busy with that. And I said, okay, well, I'll build the podcast, you know. Had I ever done one before? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we were under the time crunch. It was, and it was also during the pandemic. It had just happened. Um, mm. Everybody sequestered into their homes. It was like mid, mid-March, right? March 14th or something like that, 2020. And so I went to work on the podcast. And three weeks later, I emerged from the cocoon with <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> And, um, what I would probably say to people is, you know, it's a great pull marketing tool as long as you stay on point. So, um, and you have a passion for it, those two things. Mm -hmm. So when we were building this, it was this SAS, uh, company 
was building a company culture tool. So mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to put it, think of it as kind of like a Facebook for your business. It was an engagement tool that would live on the company website and it would be for the employees so that they can build and enrich their connections with one yeah. another. Um, so we were we were walking the walk. And so now we were going to talk the talk, if you will, yeah. and bring a tool in that allowed people to learn what that was about. Mm -hmm. So the show was launched talking about company culture from the C-suite mm. because that's what the, uh, the tool was that we were selling. Makes sense. So that's how that started. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's called culture factor, right? And now you're on season four, five. I'm on season five. So um, I guess if I walk you through, so it started um, the culture factor, which by mm. the way, anybody, if you start a podcast, feel free to drop the word the, you don't need it. <laughs> yep, that was a mistake. So it was the culture factor. And then um, the, the guy that I was working with, we split, I took the show and I rebranded it, which you can do, by the way. A lot of people don't think they can. Same RSS feed, which stands for Real Simple Syndication. But I changed the name to Culture Factor 2.0 because mm. I took it and it was kind of, you know, my take. And this is when I read a book by um, Seth Godin called This is Marketing. Mm -hmm. And he had stated in there that culture is strategy. And so I felt like, I was seeing such a dynamic change in the workforce where leadership was now changing culture for a lot of people who were working from home. And it wasn't coming from the C-suite so much because there was no physical building anymore. Mm. The, the C-suite was in the kitchen like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So it, I saw that dynamic change. And so I shifted the show to talk to emerging leaders. Um, season three was uh, a big with the great resignation, the gig economy grew and there was a lot of creators on board that might probably be around the time that you guys started blowing up. But, um, I saw that there was a worthwhile conversation happening around a uh, blockchain NFTs. Um, and so I rebranded the show, um, and I just made it culture factor. And it was an education in that, um, like a basic education. Like I told everybody to talk to me like I was 10, mm -hmm. um, yeah. season four, same name. Um, but now I shifted to talk to artists, collectors, and businesses in that space so that we could find out more about our connection with each other. And then I landed on season five where I'm talking about, um, it's called coffee culture and it's, really why we meet up for coffee. Mm. It's less about the oh. coffee and why we meet up. And it's our, our innate need for connection and why we show up and we just use coffee as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So I rebranded several times into season five. So anybody who's building a podcast, you can do that. It, it, your show will still scale. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. And thank you for clarifying that. Right? And I mm -hmm. think it's the first time in the over 400 episodes now that somebody actually says that, right? And, and gives that permission because I think it's something that a lot of people 
might feel when they're starting a show with like, are we married to like this one structure? Like, are we married to like this forever and ever, right? Like, can, can we change it, right? And the, the answer is yes, of course. Yes. Like, is this platform serving you? Is serving your company? And the answer is no, then there might be something that we can change, right? Um, Absolutely. So, so I think that's, that's going to bring a lot of peace of mind for a lot of people that are uh, either starting their platform or even trying to figure out, like, should we actually evolve our show and uh, and change it just a little bit so it fits our our necessity, right? Like the absolutely awesome. Yeah, I th- I think Luis, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. The thing is, is that um, you can't talk about anything that you are not passionate about, at least not for a length of time. And our passions change, right? Our ideas change. We learn as we go, right? Um, and we also see changes, changes in business, changes in the economy, uh, changes in society. Mm. And you want to stay relevant. Uh, you also want to, um, if you create a podcast, you want it to work for you. Yeah. So if you create a podcast, you could actually do a season that's pointed at um, thought leadership so that you're seen in the space as your industry leader. Um, and maybe that affords you the opportunity to get on other shows or get on the stage. Um, but you might want to devote to um, bringing other people onto the show um, that maybe you'd like to partner with at some point and grow your business with them. So that season might look completely different than the one prior. Mm. So you, it's your digital real estate. Like you need to fashion it to suit mm. the direction that you want to go. And I give you permission. You can, it works. Yeah. I like how you mentioned, uh, the digital real estate, right? Mm-hmm. I am curious though, right? Cause I'm going to put myself in the shoes of the listener that maybe has been listening to some podcasting advice now for a while. And a lot of it is, you know, you have to find your niche, like the one thing. Now I look at Culture Factor, right? And like you said, multiple seasons, all of them talking about different things. And like you mentioned, right? Digital real estate. And I think that's very exciting. And some people might be getting excited. Like, wow, does that mean I don't really have to just speak about one thing for the rest of my life? How cool (laughs) is that, right? But at the same time, with most people going into podcasting, trying to grow their podcast, grow their audience, right? Or grow their business, they might be thinking or having some doubts about the process of how do I pick these next topics? Are they related in a way, right? Um, is Are there for you the, the, the guests on season two and three, right? Becoming business partners or new opportunities as well, right? How, how can we guide them to understand a little bit that maybe just niching down in one specific topic is not just the only option? So I love the way you position this question because the thing is, is that um, you always run a risk when you make a change, right? Like the, life is full of risks. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the school of thought that if your audience grows with you and they learn what you're about and they find you interesting and they love the way you approach your show and they like your voice and they like what you're about, they're a fan of you. 
yes, they're a fan of, of the content. And if you start talking about, you know, raising kids versus building houses, you might completely lose your audience because they maybe don't relate to that anymore. Maybe they're, they're parenting and they're not into construction, right? Yeah. So, you know, that might be a big leap. And I certainly took a leap of faith when I changed. But my thought process was, I'm growing, my audience is growing, I'm seeing these trends, and this is the direction I'm going to take it. Yes, there was a 100% chance that I would lose some listeners in the process. But if I also was delivering a podcast that I no longer had passion around, or I couldn't build content anymore, it felt um, like I had squeezed it dry. Do you know what I mean? Um, that could be detrimental too. And I could lose listeners. I could lose as many, right? Mm -hmm. If I had no passion behind it. Yeah. Um, niche is a funny thing. You know, everybody says, you know, the, the, um, the money is in the niche, you know, uh, and I don't disagree with that. You know, I, I think um, I have ebb and flowed with my podcast. So I feel as though there was a logical thread that went through each of the seasons. Maybe some people didn't feel that way. And unfortunately, I'll probably never be able to track if I lost people because of it. Mm. But I was able to maintain um, the listenership when I look at like third-party data. Um, I was able, <clears throat> excuse me, to maintain um, how people were listening, um, how many went through the full episodes, that type yeah. of thing. So I did all right. Um, so I, I think awesome. it's doable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, and I do see, you know, looking at your website right here and looking at each of the seasons, I do see kind of like a slight overlap to the previous season, which I think it does help. It's not, it, it wasn't a sudden change. You weren't talking to C-suite leaders and then all of a sudden you were talking about soccer. You went <laughs> from, you know, C-suite culture to emerging leaders, right? Which some of them might be in the C-suite. And then you went from emerging leaders to emerging technologies like Web3 and NFTs. And then this, you said you went for artists and collectors on Web3, right? So <laughs> I can definitely see the overlap how one topic connects to another and it it sounds like it is a progression of sense absolutely you hit the nail on the head again you guys are great um it is a progression and um it just comes down to um wanting to grow and learn and mm. I, I am somebody who is a perpetual and lifelong learner. I am always consuming books and podcasts and exploring different hobbies and, and things. So um, I'm hopeful that people uh, feel that energy yeah. and they want to learn, learn too. So they're kind of long for the ride with me. Um, and I'm not too proud. Like I said, I, I told people in season three to talk to me like I was a 10 year old because mm. con conversations around cryptocurrency, web three blockchain, you know, all those things are really new concepts to people. And I didn't want anybody to feel left out. I mm. wanted them to understand like, these are cultural conversations. I want to know what they all mean because they're all in the news and and all my newsletters are saying things and websites. I just want to know what it's about and I want to like understand it on a broad yeah. level. And so 
that's what I was bringing. Yeah. We're, that. we're big fans of creating from an intrinsic place, right? And and I think that's that was like the thing that changed everything for us in a sense. Uh, as we reflect back on, you know, 400 episodes before that, we were trying to publish for three years in a row with like no success. We're like chasing, you know, the, the ch- shiny object. We're trying to figure out like, hey, how does Gary Vee does it? And we couldn't understand like what are the resources that were involved? How What was the time that was involved? What was the experience that was involved? Like all these elements, right? And uh, for somebody to put their thoughts into in front of a camera, uh, it can be very challenging, right, in, in, in a mm-hmm. sense, right? So there's obviously different ways to create and produce something. But at the end of the day, if this is something that uh, the company or the entrepreneur or the personality considers to be something long term, mm-hmm. uh, I truly believe that the only way to, to, to uh, keep that up for a long period of time is like if are you actually enjoying the process of doing this thing right and of course there's going to be yeah. tasks in the whole process that you might be able to delegate different thing but if you choose to be in front of that mic or in front of that camera do you actually enjoy that process right not just recently uh we heard an interview with with pump anthony pompiano so he's he has a big financial podcast and he does a daily morning show with his brothers and they go for two and a half to three hours every single day, right? Wow. And uh, that's a heavy lift, right? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people yeah. are like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's a lot. And yeah. for him, he's like, guys, you got to understand, I do this for me. I love the research. I love the fact that I get to hang out with my brothers and do this thing together every single day. Does it get tiring? Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, this is what I love to do. And they've tried multiple formats before, right? So... I think part of it is having the freedom to choose a path, try it out, be like, man, yeah. like this is this is challenging or I don't want to do it or I don't resonate with this type of content, right? Let me try something different, right? And just because we're inundated with trends or, you know, with the captions, you know, we have to do the captions the same way, like Alex or Mosey, right? No, you don't have to, right? At the end of the day, it's like, are you comfortable with that? We actually had that conversation this morning. We're like... Yeah, we saw a couple of feedback videos. Like, can you be our priorities? Can we be consistent over a long period of time? Can we be frequent over a long period of time? And then we adapt the process based on those two priorities for us. Are we having fun in these conversations? Are we learning in these conversations? Right? If we're learning, I am a hundred percent sure that somebody behind, you know, their headphones or 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 their screens are also learning, and that's what kind of drives us forward. And that's literally the only reason why we've been able to sustain the show for. For a long period of time. I think we just turned three. Happy birthday, Fonzie. Hey, okay. happy birthday. <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. Um, appreciate it. I'm That's just gonna awesome. say I'm just gonna say Pump probably was trying to, you know, copy content is uh, profit. Yeah, He's like, I wanna absolutely. hang out with my brothers <laughs> just like the Luises do in content is uh, profit. So, so before sorry Fonzie. So Holly, obviously okay. uh, through through your evolution, right? Like you started your podcast, you've transitioned, you rebranded based on your values, based on what you want to learn or take from, from these conversations, how can you share, like, how were you able to grow from like starting the podcast to top 1.5% in the world, right? This is very impressive, right? So I think, uh, we, we talked about, you know, staying your niche and your thing, and that's how like you attract people, you, but you've proven that you're also able to shift and adapt and learn and continue to grow your own platform in your own way and still be one of the top producers in the world. So um, how were you able to do that? So I love your question and it actually taps into what you were just talking about. You can't do anything that isn't sustainable, whether it's captions or interest, right? So 
you have to head into this and you have to keep shifting so that you stay sustainable, mm. right? Um, you know, I, I put a lot of work into to getting to this point, but I'm a one-woman show. So like I was posting on all social media. I was showing up to shows and speaking. <clears throat> Sorry, I think the allergies. No worries. And um, I was showing up. That's what I was doing. I was really showing up. I was trying to remain as consistent as I could, give myself breaks when I just needed, you know, that time. Um, it's probably not a really clear cut answer. It was, you know, it was a few things. It was starting the podcast. It was writing the book. It was um, getting out there and sharing the book. It was applying to speak on other podcasts, applying to speak at, on the stage. It was getting on the plane and traveling. It was a lot of things that I, I threw at it to try and make it all happen. Um, it was never just one thing. It wasn't just showing up and recording and publishing something once a week. There was a lot of factors that went into growing that. Um, I will say that I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Holy mm. crap, I made a lot. Um, one of the things I did in the beginning was um, I created a page that was for Culture Factor and a page that was for Holly Shannon on every social media platform. Mm. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, let me tell you something. Posting on social media in two different voices every day, you know what I mean? Like leading up to something, launching like a, an episode, the day of, the day after, keeping it going. Um, I... I was exhausted and I, I wasn't using scheduling tools at that point. I was trying to be very like authentic and in my voice yeah. and in the moment. Cause that's what I was being told to do too by content gurus, right? Like jump on Twitter and do it on your phone, be authentic, be in the moment kind of thing, as opposed to scheduling and mm -hmm. whatever. So I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. Um, and I eventually, um, and I've said this before, um, I, I, I Marie condoed my content and what I did is I decided no more culture factor page. It's just going to be the Holly Shannon page. Yeah, just yeah. follow me. And, um, I also reduced it down because one of the things that, uh, she says is, you know, get rid of whatever doesn't bring you joy. And I had certain, um, social media sites that just weren't feeding me. And so I took them out of the mix and made it all more manageable. So sustainability mm. is really, really important, right? If you're, if you're going to do something, um, there is no right way, right? Or yeah. wrong way. You kind of have to just do what is sustainable for you. And I do want to make one mention. You said Gary V and, you know, he rebranded to everyone. You know, he used to always talk more um, about building content that you should be posting every day, that you should be writing blogs, that you should be building your email list. Um, and then he started being very much a motivational speaker. It was a little less about that and more about, you know, your mental health and, and you know, working on yourself. And, and then of course he talks a lot about his NFTs and VCon. So we all change over yeah. time. Yeah. So here's your permission to do what feeds you. Yeah.
That's yes. That's pretty yes. awesome. When, when you mentioned Mary Kondo, kind of like like golf or doesn't bring a joy, I was about to push, push my brother away from the screen. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. He brings me a lot of joy. Th throwing Ouch. under the bus He's, moment over here. We need this graphic where the bus is like I'm going oh across this. He's a <laughs> this great brother. So <laughs> it's you, okay. Holly, you can you tell I'm the, I'm the the younger brother. Clearly, I'm the best, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, Holly, there's brotherly love. Yeah, yes. brotherly love. Exactly. <laughs> There are two things that resonate with me when you're talking right now about first about sustainability, right? It's removing the friction you talked about, mm -hmm. you know, finding a way that works for you, right? Based on the capacity and the resources that you had available at the moment. And a lot of that capacity too is, is mental capacity, right? Because I mean, you're a mom, so I'm sure you not only were worried about social media during the day, but you had a lot of other things to worry about, right? Absolutely. So I want to invite whoever's listening right now to think about that. It's like, okay, well, what are some of the constraints that I have and how am I going to feel good doing these things? And what do I need to remove from what I'm currently doing to be able to be consistent, which is the second point that I want to get to, right? You were talking about you were doing things on a consistent basis, right? Promoting the book, right? Going and speaking, etc. And what a lot of people don't understand, well, first of all, I feel we live in a culture of quick wins, right? People just want the shortcut. I, show me how to go viral right now. But what people don't understand is that virality, most of the time, is just a product of consistency because you become so good at doing something that eventually you create something that is worthy of going viral, right? So when you're talking about this consistency, in my mind, I'm like, This is what people need to understand that for whatever it is that they're promoting to grow, whether that is their podcast or just a one of their social media channels, they need to be consistent because then one of those pieces of content is eventually going to bring in more attention and is going to lift overall the brand. And we saw that with one of our clients, right? He was having an average, I think, between 4,000 and 10,000 views per videos, and he posts multiple times a day, but he's super, super consistent. All of a sudden he had a video that hit 7 million. Boom, out of nowhere, wow. right? And then you could see the lift on his entire brand. Everything started getting six figure views and it was absolutely amazing. But the thing is he was prepared for that and he was consistent. He earned that through the consistency. I love the way you say that. And I think it's a beautiful example. Um, What I would say is, so I, I want to I talk to the virality piece of it because um, not all virality uh, lifts the brand, right? Mm -hmm. He had done True. the work. You guys do the work, right? You build a consistent brand for, um, for, for all the people who, who come to you, right? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't like i i had a reel that um it, don't, it got like 50,000 views okay which still is fine right um when i tracked that i didn't get one new follower mm. so you know it doesn't always translate yeah. the way you would like it to translate so Virality is kind of a funny thing, you know, everybody, you know, it's, it's like the, the girl that got away, like everybody wants to chase that. But, you know, I kind of feel like chasing virality doesn't always yield what you think it's going to yield. Yes. I know some people who 
um, have the virality and they have like a lot of hate speech in, in their comments, like haters on them or bots saying promote on this, promote on this. It's not, not everything is perfect. And I think that, um, you know, like you said, just showing up, doing good work, um, is gonna, is gonna grow your brand, right? It's gonna grow you and you need to be proud of what you put out. Like you need to be able to like look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I did really good stuff here. Some, some of what people do to become viral is not always like on their ethical barometer, right? Like Mm -hmm. they kind of make some decisions that, you know, like I, I, I'm sure if I wanted to talk about sex all day, I could probably change my numbers, but I don't really want to. Yeah. And I want my son to be able to listen to my content and and not feel like, you know, embarrassed. Like I can't believe my mom's talking about that. So yeah. Yeah. you got to think about out what you're doing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I remember a quote. I can't remember exactly who said it, but they said it on the show. And it was something like, hey, uh, the way I create and the way that I look at my content and the, the message that I put out there is if my if my son gets a hold of this content, he starts consuming this content, in the, you know, when he grows up. And I think at the time he, the, uh, he was a baby. And would I be proud of the thing that I'm putting out there? And uh, would I be comfortable with him consuming that type of content? That really hit me because I, I heard that when Luca, who's now four, he was about a year old. And I was like, wow, what a great point of view, right? Because at the time, the show was about a year old, right? And uh, and we were trying to still find that footing, like what is the format that we're going? There's always that shiny object syndrome where you see like different brands when it comes to like on our side, you know, we we try to be as funny as possible. We try to, you know, we, we this is us, like there's no filter. This is what we do, right? Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes Some, sometimes my, my sometimes brother tries it, too hard, too hard. It's way too hard. And, uh, you know, that jokes are no good. Uh, but at the same time, you're like, wow, like we should experiment with X format, right? And then you go and you look at it through the eyes of, hey, is this going to serve us? Is this going to serve the business? Is this a piece of content that if my son watches it later in life, am I going to be proud of that, right? And uh, if the answer to those questions is like, no, then we don't do it, right? And and I think is having very clear what is that North Star, whether that's a business North Star or whether that's your own personal North Star, like what is that one? And then those are going to help you uh, make a decision way easier than and, and stay away from from the distraction. So thank you, Holly, for bringing that up. And, uh, and I think it's super useful for a lot of people and to look, you know, themselves in the mirror, be like, am I am I really up for this? Right. Is this a path that I want to be taking on? And I promise you, if you do take that path. It's going to be amazing and it's going to bring and it's going to yield so many benefits. Right. So make the leap if you haven't done it already. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. I, I, I know we're getting close to the end, but Holly, I have a question that just came to my mind. I'm super, super curious because um, I just have sometimes I make hypotheses in my mind. I'm like, I need to figure this out. I need to figure it out. So, you know, based off all the seasons that you have, was there a specific season where you noticed you had the most growth one season in a specific that maybe might have drived your audience to a new level or do you think it was kind of like very consistent throughout it all um fabulous question um i think actually season two um 
because we were still in the middle of the pandemic. Mm. And I think that people saw themselves in the content that I was talking about. Like I was talking to emerging leaders. I was talking to people who were part of the great resignation, who were pointing themselves towards the the gig economy uh, that hated their jobs, people who were quietly quitting. Like I, I think I had struck a chord at that point. And I think that's where the show started to take off. I also think that um, I had separated the show from the person I was doing it with. So it was in my own voice and it wasn't muddy by somebody else's ideas. Um, you guys are very much in sync, right? Like, um, you know, it was time for me to be on my own when I went into season two. And I would say what I'm seeing with season five um, is that um, – it's content that's maybe um, holding me at that 1.5%. Like I think people are like, ah, oh, this is kind of a breath of fresh air. We're talking about connection and, yeah. um, you know, talking about company culture and yeah. and pandemic and NFTs. Like that's some like heavy stuff. So I started to get into connection and, and why we want to be together and um, my – I just recorded my uh, my last episode for this season, which I think I mentioned briefly to you before, and it does actually dial back a little bit into company culture, which I thought was kind of full circle for me. Um, but uh, it's all connected. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's really all connect. Talk all things culture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, and I'm I'm and I'm looking at the people you had there on season two, and there's a few faces that I recognize. I like this is really cool. You have some really cool guests. So I was I was curious, you know, because a lot of times I feel like novelty drives a lot of you know the the consumption. So by something that is obviously relevant to the moment, which seems to be the factor right in culture factor. <laughs> so right mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on, on season two, like it, it seems that it was obviously relevant to the moment. And then people wanted to know a little bit more about that, how these leaders were probably dealing with that uncertainty and those challenges around that time. So, yeah, I was, that, that was totally a full-on curiosity question from my part. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. I think, um, you know, it's, it's very true. I think, um, you know, it was top of mind for a lot of people. And I think, you know, work from home, invisible work, like I said, quiet quitters, you know, all of these different elements were coming into play and everybody had somebody around them that was hating their work, um, hating their boss, uh, maybe going out on their own. Like there, there was so much that was relevant in that time that I think that's where people really latched on to the show. Um and then once we came out of the pandemic, you know, I got to go on stage and talk about it. And I think that changed it a little bit too. You know, it brought people to different seasons. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Holly, again, thank you for coming to the show. <laughs> la- la- I have like two last questions. Mm-hmm. I know we've been like wrapping up for the last no. 30 minutes, but it's okay. no, no, that's all right. <laughs> that's because you guys the, are so awesome. You're you're part of the Hispanic goodbye now. That is true. We call it a Jewish goodbye where I come from. <laughs> I know. 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Funny, funny story. My wife just leaves 
And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, where are you? I thought we we're saying bye. And she's like, yeah, I'm in the car. I'm just scrolling through my social media. <laughs> but anyways, um, what, what, um, what, what's some advice, right, that you can give people to uh, an action point, right? Today, they're thinking about either rebranding or like shifting their show because maybe it's not serving them the way that they do it. And they're struggling with like, hey, should I scrap it or should I go? Or somebody is thinking about, you know, starting to publish. What's something that they can do today to gain some traction? So I heard uh, Mark Cuban on stage and he said something that resonated with me and I'm going to share with you and to all your guests. Yeah. Ready, fire, aim. We have in our heads that we get ready with an idea and we have to spend this time aiming it in the right direction. We need the, the business proposal. We need the business plan. We need funding. We need to talk to a million different people. We need mentors. We need all this. You don't. Fire. Just fire first. Mm -hmm. If you're ready with an idea, go for it. Podcasting in particular is like one of the cheapest and, and yeah. democratized mediums you could, you could ever land on. And when I said digital real estate earlier, it's because you own it. So take the chance. You can always adjust it a little bit as you go, which we know you can do, but always keep your RSS feed because as you build and as you change, you're growing your community on that and you're growing your downloads and you're growing with that. So don't start a show and then say, this isn't working. I'm going to start a new one and start from scratch. So ready, fire, aim. Awesome. Make that first and keep your RSS feed always. Yeah, hmm. let's I go. Ah, digital real estate. Love, love the, that phrase. Um, and then Holly, where, where would you be if you, if you never published? Where would I be if I never published my show? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty eclectic individual. Um, I had a jewelry design business for about 10, 15 years. Um, and I closed season three by creating an NFT with a team using some of my images from my jewelry and some of my pieces. So I might actually be there if I didn't publish, like if I didn't use my voice on a microphone. Um, I never saw myself doing it. I got into podcasting by accident and I, and I ended up loving it. So I probably would still be in some sort of creative field. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for the answer. And I don't know, Fonsi, is there anything else you want to add? Just thank you. It was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Very insightful. And I think there is a few lessons people can take away from, from today's conversation, right? All the way from digital real estate. Um, one of my favorite is the sustainability and consistency, removing the friction. I think that is extremely important. And at the end, I really enjoy about discovering kind of like that novelty drives consumption as well. And how can we maybe frame what we are creating within the current, you know, relevant challenges that are happening as well. And I think we've seen that with our content because a lot of the content that, you know, takes off the most is usually when we're talking about things that are very relevant at the moment, like AI, for example. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that's very, very relevant. And, and we have mm. to, I, that's a whole other conversation I could have yeah. with you, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's equal parts, um, interesting and 
quite the breakthrough and equal parts dangerous. So there's Absolutely. a lot of uh, pieces to that, that uh, we could have a whole other conversation. Oh on. yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like a whole summit type of deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, is there anything you want to add before we head out? No, I just want to say thank you to you guys. I love your energy and I thank you so much for sharing my voice with your community. It's really huge. Thank you. Absolutely. You now have two Venezuelan brothers. <laughs> I love you're, that. You're a sister now. And we, our family keeps growing, Fonsi. I don't know I what know. we're going to do. We I know. Be, we, we need to do a family the, the, the reunion. Studio. I know. I know. I'm coming to the reunion. <laughs> That's yes. right. For sure. I have to yeah. figure out how to learn salsa, right? Oh, boy. There I, we go. Oh, I already started sweating already. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sweaty pits moment. <laughs> Anyways. I... It'll probably be better than my hip hop. Uh, okay, well, this is the deal. I I do some form of salsa, and then you do some form of hip hop, and then you know we learn from each other, and we're good. <laughs> Love it. Awesome, guys. With that said, thank you for coming to the Content Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is Randy Holly here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and. Follow Holly as well. Listen to her podcast and don't forget to leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.